This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's get into the rankings, man. And by the way, our full rankings are on upperhandfantasy.com. My rankings, Zach's rankings as well, Tyler's rankings, along with the consensus rankings. So go check out the website for that and a lot more. We have Justin Jefferson at one. Um, this could be a high-scoring game, right? And this will be a true test for the Chiefs' offense. Um, they're playing in a dome, so that's what you like for this for the passing game. So I think this is a test that the Chiefs haven't seen yet, so I'm looking forward to see that. Um, Tyreek Hill at two against the Giants. At three, uh, I got Diggs against the Jaguars. CeeDee Lamb at four against the 49ers. This might seem like a tough matchup on paper as well, Zach. Uh, 49ers have been giving up some points, but... Like, you think about the 49ers, and you're like, oh, man, this might be a tough defense. But this is a sneaky good matchup, isn't it? Yeah, and you literally, that line is the first thing that I open with when I put my notes together for CeeDee Lamb. I'm like, this looks like, on paper, a heavyweight defensive matchup. It's hilarious. Four is a <laughs> little bit high for my taste. I might just be, like, calming my nerves a little bit, leaving the expectations lower for CeeDee Lamb. You have him at four. I think I have him at seven in my rankings. This is a little bit high for me, but definitely still an opportunity for points here. I mean, you have this defensive matchup. It implies a low-scoring game, low fantasy output for receivers. But I'm going to tell you that this game is going to be much more high-scoring than the last time these two teams squared off in the playoffs last year. It was a 12-19 mess. It was horrific. And the odds makers of Vegas, they agree. Cowboys-Niners is the fourth-highest total of any game this weekend at 45. Both teams have implied totals over 21. The path to fantasy success for the Cowboys is much clearer if they go through the air than they do on the ground. The Niners are in the, the Niners are in the bottom third of the NFL in points allowed to running backs, but they're allowing the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers through four weeks and the 10th most fantasy points to slot receivers in that span. And we know Lamb runs 72% of his routes from the slot. He's been doing that since he's become the number one guy in Dallas. And the last time these two teams met, 
Obviously, it was a mess, like I mentioned. Not a whole lot of scoring going on that game. But Lamb had 10 catches on 13 targets, 117 yards, no touchdowns. Assuming the game's competitive, you know, I think it's going to be the closest thing to a neutral game script that either of these teams have seen this season. You know, we talked about that as something that was holding Lamb back on our buys and sells episode on Wednesday. And if Lamb can be a part of the offensive game plan in all four quarters, which he hasn't been, you know, this whole season, I think he could be in line for his best game of the season to date. Yeah, I think so too, man. Uh, that's why I have him so high. The 49ers have just been giving up a shit ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. They're particularly vulnerable out of the slot. So I, I'm right. loving Lamb this week, especially if this game stays competitive. At five, yeah. I had Devontae Adams in a revenge game at home against his former team. It, it would have been cool if this game was in Green Bay, but but nonetheless, that's he what definitely I was thinking has the whole time. Right? <laughs> it would be really cool to see, but he definitely has extra incentive to play well. Uh, hopefully, Jimmy G ends up playing this game. Devontae is nursing that shoulder injury, but he should be good to go. I have A.J. Brown at six against the Rams. Um, the Rams have played pretty well against perimeter wide receivers so far this year, but we saw Jamar Chase do his thing a few weeks ago. They did slid on D.K. Metcalf in week one, and not many receivers have done their thing against the Rams this year. So something to consider there. So A.J. Brown is on that two-game tear right now, so he should continue to do his thing. Like I mentioned, I have Cooper Cup in my top ten. I have him at seven. And maybe this is too high, but like I said, there aren't many wide receivers I'd rather have in my lineup. The way I look at it is if I can justify Cup on my bench for a player, okay, boom, I'll rank him above Cup, right? I have Alave, right, who I like, but Derek Carr's shoulder is still a question. I have him at, uh, you know, right, be- but right below Cup at eight, okay, Jamar Chase at nine. We know the question's there with Joe Burrow and that offense. I have Puka at 10 because this, you know, offense is so good. These guys are both in my top 10 this week. Okay, so I would have Amon Ra potentially higher than Puka this week, but he's dealing with his injury. So the guys you can make a case for ahead of Puka, maybe in the head of head of cup is maybe Devontae Smith, maybe Michael Pittman, you know, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. You really like Michael Michael Pittman this week. Yeah, I think he might be my start of the week against the Titan squad. That's allowing the six most fancy points to perimeter wide receivers through four games. Not that I have to tell you this for you to know it, but you know Pittman runs a lot of his routes on the perimeter, 74%, and he's been one of the revelations so far for me in fantasy. PPR wide receiver 23 in points per game doesn't sound like much, but compared to what people were expecting for him, like this offense was supposed to be terrible. And Michael Pittman has, you know, ascended and he's way above any of those allegations. You know, the, the Colts have beaten the bad offense allegations with Anthony Richardson. And Richardson and Gardner Minshew, they're both hyper-targeting Pittman. Like, it's one thing to have Richardson doing it, but then also his backup comes in. Minshew, obviously, he played some time. The back end of the Week 2 matchup in all Week 3, you know, they both hyper-targeted him. He had a 30% target share over the first three weeks and at least nine targets and eight receptions in each of those games. I'm going to go ahead and flush last week's performance, which was an outlier of outliers. You know, how are the Colts in a very negative game script from the jump? And Anthony Rich and Anthony Richardson only threw 25 passes. Like, that just blows me away. They were down big. It didn't really make sense. You look back at the box score, it's really confusing. I'm just flushing that one because even in that game, he was still the go-to guy when the Colts decided the passing the ball was overrated. He had five targets and that led the team. He's also seen 33% of the Colts' first read targets this season. So he's clearly a priority target for the Colts moving forward. One more interesting note here, too. Number one wide receivers against the Titans. They're averaging seven and a half catches, 103 yards, and just under a touchdown against the Titans so far this season. If you take out that Jamar Chase game, it becomes seven targets, uh, not seven targets, seven catches, 114 receiving yards, and a whole touchdown. 
you know, so fire Michael Pittman up this week. He's a clear number one in this offense and against a defense that struggles against clear number ones, like Jamar Chase has the worst matchup. That tells you what you need to know. This is going to be a good matchup for Michael Pittman. 100%, man. Chris Olave, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper all did their thing as number one wide receivers against the Titans this year. Um, Guys, if you could do us a favor and hit the subscribe button, the add button, the follow button on your podcast app, that would mean the world to us. And it just helps us so much. And it only takes like two seconds to do. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate that. So those guys made up the top 13. I did have Pittman above Devontae this week at 12 and 13, respectively. Um, They could be 11 and 12, assuming Amon Ra doesn't play. Um, I, I might have him, I think... If Amon Ra does play, I might have him ahead of Devontae Smith, maybe. Potentially, that's kind of how I'm, I'm viewing it. Um, but mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk, I mentioned him. He's at 14 for me. He has to be in lineups. Nico Collins at 16 for me this week. This is a tough matchup. Like, I can see A.J. Terrell following him. But at the same time, like, I'm not sure that they do that. Like, they do play a lot of zone, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for here. He's almost equally as good at beating zone as he is against man coverage, according to reception perception. So the Falcons are one of the better teams at defending wide receivers defending wide receivers on the perimeter so you know definitely temper expectations um on michael Pittman. this i'm sorry not michael Pittman. on um michael collins this week that whole spiel yeah. about michael Pittman being this great play and you're gonna tell everyone to temper expectations <laughs> after that i was like Whew, that is you know water on a very good meal <laughs> just pour water all over it you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I got um I have uh J- Jacoby Myers at 15. Um I think you know he is a true wide receiver too for fantasy as long as Jimmy G plays. This might be high, but I I truly believe that he could do his thing um this year overall when Jimmy G is good to go. Um right. Zay Flowers at 18. Let's talk about his matchup a little bit, man, because Pittsburgh is you know, Pittsburgh has been really, really bad. Um, against wide receivers overall. Um, if you look at what they've given up this year, second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Okay. Um, that's where Zay runs most of his routes from. Okay. So this is a situation where, yeah, Rashad Bateman is healthy. He's getting that full practice in. Uh, Odell Beckham, I don't think he's going to play this week, but he is getting healthier. Here's the thing, though. None of these wide receivers has played a role, have played a role yet. Right. And I don't expect yeah. them to come in right away and affect much for Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers had a very, really tough matchup last week. Um, but this week, man, on the left side, dude, the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting up the most fantasy points to perimeters, a perimeter wide receivers lining up on the left side. Okay. Uh, and that's yeah. where he runs 34% of his routes from. Um, um, I think Zay Flowers is a, a, a start this week for sure. So if you were a little discouraged by what he's done lately, um, I wouldn't be too discouraged and i'll throw him back in my lineup yeah he could have his true breakout performance this week i mean you saw what the texans did to the steelers last week and it looks like tj watt isn't enough to overcome you know bad back end defense because he can't do much with the balls getting out and they're just throwing the ball downfield on these guys nico collins had his big game like anybody can score on this offense and zay flowers i think is easily the most talented receiver in the ravens in the ravens wide receiver room i'm not worried about anybody contending with him he's looking like, I don't want to say he's Lamar Jackson's favorite target, but I mean, the target shares look like he he's definitely 1B at this point to Mark Andrews, if not 1A, because the target share has just been ridiculous. The A dot hasn't been there yet, but in a good matchup, like we've been waiting for him to have this big week. He had his largest week in week one. 
He had 18 PPR points. Since then, he's been under 13 points. I think that's going to change this week against Steelers. Zach, uh, Garrett Wilson has a 31% target share this year. Okay, mostly obviously from Zach Wilson. Last week, 35% target share. But hey, 77% of his targets were catchable. Okay, yeah. we're getting a little bit of an improvement here. And these guys play against the Denver Broncos this week. So, hey, I think we can potentially start Garrett Wilson here. Okay, this, is this week. I know, it's crazy to say. It's crazy <laughs> to say. But at the end of the day, like, here's the thing. Patrick Sutan, you know, is on the other side. Okay, and he could shadow him. Does Zach Wilson end up staying away from that matchup? That's the question, right? Is Zach Wilson going to you know, look elsewhere. We don't know. You know, we don't know what he's going to do. We're assuming that that he could play well. The Broncos yeah. have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, like among the entire NFL, which is why we can potentially like Zach shot. Wilson most in most weeks. Most, you know, like Garrett Wilson more than most weeks. What we did notice last week is that Garrett Wilson moved to the inside a lot more. That helped Zach Wilson a ton. 40% of Garrett Wilson's uh, routes were ran out, ran from the slot last week compared to i think it was only like 20 percent prior to week four okay so that's something that could happen and if that happens again patrick Sertain probably won't be going inside patrick Sertain has defended the nickel uh defended the slot gone into the nickel only two per, on only two percent of wide receivers routes this year so i'm not super yeah. worried about it so i have i have gary wilson ranked as a wide receiver 20 on the week is that too high no, I don't think that's too high. I mean, look who they're playing, the Broncos. And for me, I look at the Jets. The formula worked last week, like you mentioned. If they're going to move Garrett Wilson inside and that's going to help Zach Wilson look like an NFL caliber starting QB, like why would you go away from it? I'd argue this is a much better matchup you know, this week, uh, at least on defense, because the Chiefs look pretty good on defense and the Jets were still able to do their thing. Zach Wilson, like this is a Justin Fields-esque like, return to competence. You know Uh-oh. what I mean? In terms of... You know what I mean? There's, there's I'm no, not going to no say return, Zach. There's no return. There was never a place. There's not. There's no place to return to. Like if it happens, like it, he's no comeback player of the year. He's just like breaking oh, out. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like he looks like when when he came into the league, we were like, oh, this guy could be a starter, and he hasn't looked like that. But then last last week, maybe it was Joe Namath saying that crap about him, saying that it was time to get rid of Zach Wilson. That just you know lit a fire under his ass, and he started playing well. But maybe yeah. John Davis needs to say that again. That would be great. Just go just go say it again. You know what I mean? And see what happens. But against the Broncos, I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. The thing that was most encouraging for me about Garrett Wilson is Zach Wilson's play. The other Wilson. You know what I mean? So it's never been a question about what Garrett Wilson can do. We know the talent he is. He demands targets. He's getting those targets now. And I think he has a chance to actually put together some production on top of that usage, which he hasn't really been able to do yet this season. He's been hovering between 10 and 16 points this whole year. So he's not leaving you out to dry, but I think we could actually start to see him build on it instead of just kind of, you know, like sustain just barely this semblance of fantasy relevance. I don't think 20 is too high. I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad. All right. So a couple other guys I just want to highlight. Calvin Ridley. I moved them all the way down to wide receiver 24. According to fantasylife.com's utilization report, the dude hasn't seen a high target share in uh, three weeks now, okay? And yeah. uh, it's getting a little bit iffy, okay? He had the 35% target share in week one. Since then, 18%, 18%, 7%, okay? So 
a little bit concerning there. That's not what you want to see. 19% on the year. Um, Christian Kirk has been the guy over the last three weeks. And Buffalo, going into Buffalo, I don't love Trevor Lawrence this week. And this could trickle down to the entire offense. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, they're averaging just 14 offensive points per game over their past three games, the Jaguars are. You know, that type of low touchdown ceiling, that's going to put a strain on how much Ridley can produce. And if he's not getting the targets, like you mentioned, Christian Kirk has 30% target share over the past three weeks versus uh, Calvin Ridley's 14%. Like, that's a recipe for failure. The Bills are favored by five and a half in this one, so there could be a negative game script in line for Jags. Maybe there's a little silver lining here. Maybe they could be chasing points. But the last time Jacksonville had a negative game script and they were chasing points, they put up nine against the Chiefs. <laughs> and it wasn't just, oh, Trevor Lawrence didn't play well or something like that. Calvin Ridley was dropping balls. Zay Jones was dropping balls. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And it's just kind of been emblematic of their whole season. So I still believe in Ridley and the Jaguars to turn things around in the long run. I think you would agree there. Like there's plenty of time yet for them to right the ship. But this is far from an ideal matchup. And on a streak, if you go into a streak, on a bad of bad games, it's a three game streak of bad games going into a, a matchup against the Bills. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be another tough one this week, and it might extend to four weeks now, where Calvin Ridley is just not getting it done for you this week. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, man. All right, let's move on to tight ends here. Um, let's start with Travis Kelsey, obviously number one, the the number one Swifty. Do you think Travis Kelsey is getting a little tired of all the stuff that's happening? With Taylor Swift, it he, seems like his mom. It seems like his mom's getting tired of it because when they when she was asked how it was to meet meet Taylor Swift, she said it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Great I think response. he did. I think he did go on his podcast, Travis Kelsey, say that they were overdoing it. I saw a report or something like that, and yeah, I agree that yeah. the NFL's overdoing it too. And it's to the point where fans are booing Taylor Swift ads in uh, the Giant Stadium. You know, <laughs> during the Seahawks game, Seahawks Giants game, like. I th it was cool for a minute. And there are people that will tell you that this is great. You know, this is great optics for the NFL. Everybody's going to be like this great PR stunt for everybody. But like at this point, if you're a football fan, you're tired already of hearing about Taylor Swift. Like you didn't listen to Taylor Swift's music to begin with. And now you're hearing about her all the time. It's like, just get her off my screen so I can enjoy my football. <laughs> like, are, you a, are you a Swifty, Zach? No, not even close. <laughs> my sister is. But I am not. No, I can't. I can't stand her music. And it, it just are you excited me. about the? Are you excited about the Drake album that came out today? Yeah, I actually listened to it already. <laughs> I was much it? more excited I, about I, that I, one. I haven't heard. I haven't heard it yet. I really like the single that he put out with SZA. Uh, yeah. No, no, not that one. The one that he put out uh, with this with his son in the video. Um, I forgot. I forgot the name of it. I think mm -hmm. 8 a.m. in Charlotte. Oh, 8 a.m. in, uh, yeah, something. I know. He has one of those songs on all of his albums, and it is good, yeah. yeah um, I, I like the one. I forget which one it is. I think it's What Would Pluto Do? Something like that. I don't know. We could talk about okay. this on our Lifestyle okay. podcast after this. You know what I mean? No, but no, no. This is exactly good, what we should be talking about right now. It's it's a good album. I, I like, can't wait to hear. I, I, I woke up so early this morning just to start working, and I just haven't got a chance to listen to it. Uh, but I want That's to. Crazy. I can't wait. To, to, I, I listened to, to it at the gym this morning. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, like I right. said, you got to give albums time. I listened to it. The you first do. listen to it was always like watered down. And I nothing really stands out. But then again, I was also on AirPods. Like this AirPod I have in, in my ear right now, that's what I was listening yeah. on. And the other right. one was dead. So I only had one AirPod in. I come home, I listen to the speaker system in my room. It's much better. So completely different. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah. I can tell. Okay. Okay. I got you. All right. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. 
Is, is this a, is this like a rap album though? That's what I want to know. Like, is it like a hip hop album or yeah, is it it's, like? It's, uh, you know what I'm saying? Is it like a, a rap album? Both. There's a hip hop, okay. there's rap, and there's a little R and B. I mean, party party next. There's an, okay. a song with party next door. So that one okay. definitely leans more towards R and B. But uh, I'm a, I'm a good I'm a fan of it so far. All right, all right, that's good to hear. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. All right. Um. Anyway. Back to fantasy football. Uh, Travis Kelsey, number one, obviously, against Minnesota. High-scoring game in a dome is what you want. Travis Kelsey hasn't had, like, that big, big game so far this year, right? And this could be the game. Yeah. I'm just saying. It could be. Uh, At number two, TJ Hawkinson. I think these two guys are locked in at number one, number two, like, for the foreseeable future. Unless unless Mark Andrews scores another two touchdowns this week, you know, it it is what it is. Hawkinson had a down game last week, but I'm I'm not worried about that at all. To be honest with you, um, yeah. uh, that whole that whole offense had a down offense down week yeah, last week. Yeah, they didn't throw a lot of passes, but you mentioned one and two being locked in. I'm looking at our rankings right now. I think one through four is locked in pretty much, and it's hilarious because Travis Kelsey, T.J. Hawkinson, then we all have Mark Andrews at three, then we all have Sam Laporta at four. Like at that, like those are the guys <laughs> that I'm happy starting. Like I put them in my lap. I'm like, I'm like, yep, I'm good for the week. You know what I mean? Outside of right, that, right, right. it's a crapshoot. Then you start seeing the rest of the rankings. And the numbers are all over the place between you, me, and Tyler. I mean, listen, is, is Evan Ingram locked in at five for us too, or no? <clears throat> nope, I have him at seven. <laughs> you have him at seven? Who the hell do you have yeah. above him? Okay, so I have Waller because I think it's going to be a negative game script. I oh think my that Waller can have an all right game. All right. And oh then George God. Kittle because Dallas is not good at defending tight ends. We have seen this. How can you put Waller? Okay, so every single week we had Evan Ingram do his thing, right? He's reliable. But you're going to play Waller over him? I'm playing for the upside here because I think that this game script is going to be negative. And I think that the Dolphins aren't as suffocating. Every game script for the Giants are, are, is negative. So, so are yes. you, you're expecting a, a, a better game than he played last week, similar to what he did in Arizona week two, but not, not the negative game script he had in Seattle last week. Pretty much, yeah. What I'm saying is I think that... Is it like... Uh, go ahead. If they would just throw the ball to him at a consistent rate... Like I think they, I think they're gonna figure that out at some point, and it's gonna happen this week because it's gonna be against the Dolphins. They have to put up points. I don't think they're gonna put up a whole lot of points, but they're gonna be moving the ball a little bit more than they did last week and in other matchups. I think that the upside there with Darren Waller is higher than what Evan Ingram has right now because the whole offense is in a funk for the Jaguars, and Evan Ingram's getting it done. He's been solid, but I think that the week to week upside's higher with Darren Waller. We just haven't seen it yet. It's a All it's right, a well, little bit of crystal balling and forecasting, but I, I see it. I have Darren Waller at eleven this week. Yep, that's just quite. That's the, what I'm talking about. You get to these tight ends, and they're all over quite the place. Difference. George, Tyler I have Ingram at five. Where, where does where does Tyler have Waller, and where does he have Ingram? Tyler has Waller at. Let me see this. Six. Yes, okay. you have Darren Waller at eleven, but he has he has he has him at six. Okay, I see. All right. That's cool. Ingram at five. I have Kittle at six. Who do you have? Who do you have above Ingram besides Waller? Is it Kittle? Yeah, it's Kittle. Okay, makes sense. Ertz. Yeah. If, if Debo is still hurting a little bit, you know, I, I think George Kittle had. He's had Cowboys number. He does his thing against Cowboys. So. Yeah, and if Debo's still a little banged up, I, I trust Kittle a little bit, a little bit more. But you never know with Kittle, man. Like he's somebody you just gotta have in your lineup if you have him. Right, because you just yeah. he can it's completely boom bust. It, it is what it is. That's just if you drafted him, you know exactly what you were getting. This is who he is. Like he's yeah. gonna boom, he's gonna bust, and nothing in between. 
right? Yeah. Like, I don't even remember the last time Kittle had like a five for like 50 game. Like, it's either five for 50 and like two touchdowns or like one for 10. Like, that's that's what I think, Kittle was. I think two nights ago he had like seven for 70. It was, an, it was no, there was no touchdown. I don't think it was against the Giants. I don't yeah. think he had a touchdown in the game, but uh, I digress. Like, what is a boom game for a tight end? One for one. Points. So, against Arizona, Kittle went one, for, he had one, he played 96% of snaps, had one catch for nine yards. The game before that, <laughs> seven for 90. The games before that, three for 30 and three for 19. Like, yep. that's what I'm talking about. That, that, that's boom buzz. Yeah. Did Kittle not score yet? Oh, it's coming this week. This week, two touchdowns. It's coming. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. I don't know what he he spent all of his touchdowns last at the end of last season. We had seven and four games with Purdy. <laughs> all right, we got um. So I have Ertz at seven. This might be a little high, but I just think that he's getting the target share, right? You know, he's getting the targets and he's being relied on right now. This could be a little bit of a tough matchup, but like overall, I think Ertz can just get it done for you. Twenty four percent target share on the year. That's one of the highest marks at the position. I'm just going to take the reliability here at the tight end position. This might be a little high, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Higby right. at eight, you know, the last two games we've seen a little bit from Higby. Now that Cup is playing, I might move Higby down a little bit, you know. Um, it's either they're going to open th- – is this going to open things up for Higby or he just doesn't get targeted. So I might right. move him down a little bit and move guys like Jake Ferguson, Waller, and Goddard up. Um, by the way, Ooh, spoiler alert, I did not I did not have Cole Komet in my top 10. Did you? I had Cole Komet at 12. And the reason I did yeah, that was good. because I, I looked at his production last week. And I was like, man, it's really touchdown dependent. And I think that's what he's going to be. I mean, he scored the touchdown last, last night. You take the touchdown out, and he's just any other tight end. But when Justin Fields throws four touchdowns, I mean, he's going to score. The guy said you could, like, might be available in waivers. Like, you know, Jake Ferguson, hopefully not on waivers anymore. But obviously him... Luke Musgrave can still be picked up after that concussion last week, I think. I think Janu Smith, you know, he's leading the Falcons in receiving yards, guys. Okay? <laughs> Janu so Smith is broken. leading the Falcons in receiving yards. Okay? So, listen, I'm playing Janu Smith over Kyle Pitts this week. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Like, no. What are you going to do? Are you going to depend on Pitts? I can't. No. Janu Smith, every route he's running, he gets targeted. Like, what do you want me to do? Okay, like it's just yeah. at this point, I you, just you think I don't that, know what to do, man. This you think sad. that would be stopped? Yeah, you think that would be stopped? Like if John Smith is on the field, you know the ball is going to him because he doesn't have the route participation, but the targets per route run is so high up. It's like they're just mailing it in. It's obvious at this point that they're going to be throwing the ball to John Smith, but they're using him on like screens, which is exactly what you should. If first of all, if you use a tight end on the screen, you give it to Kyle Pitts because he's an athlete. <laughs> like John Smith, I'm not saying he's not an athlete, but Kyle John Pitts Smith's is an athlete. I remember I had I had plenty of Johnny Smith shares when he was with the Titans and he he did me some good in fantasy a couple of years ago, but he Dude. went to the Patriots. Everyone forgot about him. And obviously everybody's upset about him being used over Kyle Pitts, but I'm still a Johnny Smith guy. But still, when you have Kyle Pitts behind him, you have to take it in context. Johnny Smith, you're good. But Kyle Pitts is great. You just got to give it to him. It's so dumb the way they're doing this like people are like oh if this team could only get caleb williams at quarterback like they probably run caleb williams like at tight end or something like that i don't even know what they do like arthur arthur smith doesn't know how to use the weapons that he has except except for b john robinson that i'm, is I'm looking line. at uh john Lewis smith's target share over the last three games 21 percent 
21%, according to fantasylife.com. Okay. On a per that, route run that basis. Has to be higher than Drake London in a couple games there, right? Because uh let's see. So 21, 22, and 21. Let's check out wide receivers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Over the <laughs> last three, yeah. <laughs> John Smith has a higher target target rate than Drake London does this year. Drake London has an 18% target share. John Lewis Smith, no, John Lewis Smith has a 16% target share for the season. But over the last three weeks, he's been out targeting Drake London. Yeah. John Lewis Smith over the last three weeks, 21% target share. And Drake London, 23% target share. So there you go. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. Insane, dude. Insane. Unbelievable. All right. Anyway, um, other guys that you could potentially pick up and start, I think Tyler Conklin against Denver. You know, Zach Wilson has shown a little bit of an affinity towards him so if you're very very desperate and like Conklin is available <clears throat> in every league you could potentially pick him up and start him this week and just pray just pray and and, and that's it yeah um and don't forget logan thomas <laughs> yeah for next week for next week all right guys <laughs> next I, week I we'll have to this. <laughs> yeah for sure uh that's gonna do it for this episode guys uh we appreciate you i'll be going live on sunday at 11:30 a.m. Eastern time for about an hour or so. I'll see you then. Um, and until then, we're going to be updating our rankings throughout the weekend. We we already put out one update this morning with the Cup news and with the JT news that both of them are likely playing. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to up, update those rankings. Go visit the website upperhandfantasy.com to see those and a lot more. Access to me, ask me questions, that sort of thing. Uh, Instagram at upperhandfantasy, and we'll see you on Sunday. See you guys later. Oh, by the way, tomorrow morning on Saturday, I'm probably going to be putting a very, very, very short episode out just to kind of finalize on these injury reports since we're recording this kind of earlier in the day on Friday. Um, but we'll, I'll, I'll kind of capture all the injury reports that happened today because um, there's a lot of injury news, I think, this week to, to, to close out on. All right, so I'll, I'll drop that five to ten minute podcast early tomorrow morning. All right, guys, take it easy. See you then. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 